0: When I moved to Victoria, um, six years ago, almost six years ago, in Victoria, BC, there wasn't a single immigrant in my building. Like, I haven't, I didn't see a single, like, you know. So it's hard to connect with people when you first start. And coming from a culture, I can talk about my own experience, where like, you know, you meet someone. And they'll get your phone number and then like you're gonna like go for a hike or something. Relationships here tend much longer to develop, even on the personal side.
1: Have you ever wondered what it's like to be behind every single thing you know and start a new life in a foreign country? From my experience, it can be a struggle. On the Newcomers podcast, I'll be sharing my story as well as the stories of other immigrants. We'll be talking about the joys and struggles of starting up fresh. My name is Dozier, and I'm looking forward to being your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Newcomers Podcast. I'm pretty excited about today's episode. Uh, with me, I have Ingrid, um, who's been in Canada for like six years now. And who's one of, you know how when you see people you look up to, when you look at you're doing, they're like, Yeah, I want to be like this person someday. How's it going? Welcome.
0: Thank you. It's been a while since I actually, I'm the interviewee from, uh, like I interviewed person from a podcast, right? I'm usually on the other seat. So yeah, I'm excited to be here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that what makes it more exciting. You know, so I'm just going to kind of go. I feel like I don't want to talk about all the usual um, settling in, finding a job, but I just want to talk to you about You you run a business here, and I want to ask you a very direct question: What does it feel like being an immigrant founder? You know, like what, like what's the difference between like running a business here and if you have run a business in your own country? Like how?
0: It's very challenging. So I can tell you, um, I can tell you a bit bit of a backstory that will like introduce the listeners to what I do. Um, So I founded. There's a couple extenuating factors here. So I founded my company when I was 21. Uh, I was still doing my first bachelor's degree and um, I was back in Brazil, right? I work in a very uh, male-dominated field, enterprise software with large companies. So in terms of cultural differences, Brazil has to have way more... um, age matters way more in Canada. It still matters, but it matters way more. And then you have the sexism that comes with it and all that being a woman in tech. And right. uh, We can get into it later because I have a lot of data on that aspect. (laughs) I study a lot about it, but, um, starting a company there was hard for a couple of factors. So when you look back seven years ago, Startup funding wasn't really a big thing in places like Brazil. Like if you went for a VC or they called themselves, they would want like 50% of your company, right? They wouldn't want 51%. They would want control. Uh, without that, also the, the, the investors would mock me because it's like, what are you, what's a young woman like you have to offer, right? Um, I got laughed at. I got called intern at my first networking event because um, I went to say hi to someone from funny enough. It's my client. The company is my client now, a very large company. And he looks me up and I was like, who sent their intern to the event? So those are extenuating factors that I went through in Brazil when I first started my business. So said that when we decided to bring the business to Canada, I was already living here. I was, I I always say that we were working remote before it was cool. And, um, it's challenging, but it's different kinds of challenge. But because of everything I went through in Brazil, it was kind of like I was beaten up enough that I was like, okay, we can do with this. Right. And there's a couple of things that um, people don't usually think about when you think about starting a business in a new country. So where I worked uh, in Brazil, I went to university there and I had a bunch of university friends that went to work for the best companies that I had contacts with. I had people that I interned with or went, I worked at General Electric, I worked at SAP, I worked at Luxotica. So even if those people, it weren't those companies that were my clients, there were still people, there were connections, networking, right? You get here and I always make the joke that when I got here, I knew no one to the point that my emergency contact was my Airbnb host. Like I, like, it's not like I didn't move with family. I was just like, no, I'm going right. And one thing that I realized in Canada is that networking is even more important, right? The good thing is that people in the East Coast more than the West Coast, because I work with both and I see a difference there. And it's my opinion. uh, They're more open uh, for networking. But even in the West Coast, yeah, the the West Coast tends to be a little bit more clicky. Um, the East coast, people are more open to networking, but, um, then that I could see how, for example, I wanted to be part of an event, but I didn't even get invited for it. Like, I didn't even know that the event happened. And, uh, when we first got to LATAM startups, which was the first acceleration program and, uh, Miriam, like three years later, still help us to this day. Like their team is amazing. Was you have to have the context, right? So when you move here, you hear about the Canadian experience. But that's not only for people, that's for companies too. Like you, I work with very large enterprises that the the South America team connected me with the North American team. And if they were in in the America, it was fine. But if it was in Canada, they're like, well, but what Canadian companies do you have in your portfolio, even though they've been working with us for three, four years,
1: Okay, that's, that's funny.
0: Yeah. So within that, like the networking part is a piece. The finding your first Canadian client, I think, is super challenging. And that depends, like, again, my specialty is B2B. Um, I know that for B2C, there are pros and cons because people tend to be more open when there's lower risk, depending on what you're doing. Uh, but those are the two, I think, the two main factors. And the third one, which is something that I don't experience myself, but the companies that I mentor experience, is the language barrier. And not that they don't speak English, but there is is research in this that people will think that you know less because you have a stronger accent, right? It can be adventurous uh, in terms of if you're doing a presentation, actually people that have accents tend to hold the attention more because it sounds different. But at the same time, I could see that sometimes one of my founders was struggling to say something and the other person would dismiss them and it's, they know it well. They just didn't know the right words in English to articulate themselves or they didn't sound confident enough in English, yeah. especially confidence in tech world. that seems to yeah. trump all these days. It's the theme, so, <laughs> Exactly. Um, so, and especially tech founders, right? Like have uh, technical founders. So I think those are, those are the main, main topics that would come up for me.
1: Interesting. So I want to dig a bit into the part I talked about networking. Like, so one, like one, how do you navigate that? But two, just kind of talk a bit more about the kind of experience for companies. Cause like that's, I always assumed that it was just kind of experience for people who are trying to get a job, not even people who have a business trying to pitch.
0: Okay. So a couple of things. Um, I have a friend that she told me she did this and I didn't realize this was what I was doing. So Serena is an amazing entrepreneur in the US. She's she's American, but um she she has a, an amazing story, but what she would always say is like I was always there. I was always on the networking events, and that's what I did. I used so when I for, when we first started the company, it was just before the pandemic, and we went to Toronto for the Latin startups, but after that, everything was virtual. So I was in every single networking event you can possibly imagine. Someone wanted to connect with me and I would connect with people later. So one networking event was like, hey, can we do a 15 minute chat to get to know each other? And I was continuously doing that. The thing is, when people think about networking, they usually think about a transaction. I'll give you something and you're going to give me something. And I don't see it that way. There's amazing people that I connected with that had nothing to do with my industry, like lawyers in family law. But they connected me with other people that were super like uh, super important. I tell you a story where um, it was like my first year and I met um, he works in an accountant for consulting, like a large consulting firm in in Vancouver, and he wanted to connect with me and we connected and he introduced me to this day, one of my best mentors in tech. So he's he was a CTO at a very large company and he lives in my city and he introduced me to him. And I would have not never gotten that connection if I was like, oh, he's not in my field, I don't want to meet him. Right. Um, so I went to a point where I would apply for every single pitch competition, I would apply for every single like networking event. Like if, if he had to be applied, I was there. The good thing about it is that when I received no, I didn't even remember what I was being told no to. I was like, Well, all right, like, you know, one last. <laughs> And when I received, yes, the same thing. Like, I remember uh, one of the pivotal moments for us was when, I don't know if you heard about SassNorth, but we got invited to pitch. And I was like, oh, wow, that sounds big. What's this event again? And then I went to look at it and realized that I was going to, because it was just uh, the first uh, in-person events that were happening. And I was actually going to have to pitch on stage in front of, like, hundreds of people. And I was like, oh, that's what (laughs) I applied for. All right, you know. Um, So I think uh, for me is... The networking part is being, putting yourself out there to network. Um, I think that a lot in a lot of cultures, we don't want to b- brag, right? I don't know how about your culture, but in my culture, you talking about the things that you've done is not really, it's like, oh, why are you saying this? But in Canada, it's different. People want to hear. It's like, okay, like, what are the things you've done? Like, what are the amazing things that you I like to work with understanding the culture and seeing, and I'm not saying just assimilating because I think assimilating is a dangerous thing where you might end up losing your own core self.
1: Gosh, I love that, and I will. I'll ask you about That would you yeah, finish?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. Oh, you should assimilate. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that Canada brings a lot of intru- a lot of immigrants for a reason, um, but also because people having different people that think in different ways is important. And it's important for technology. It's important for innovation. It's important for society. So people can't have dialogue, right? What I say about this is take things with compassion. Uh, sometimes people will say things that for you sounds very wrong. And, um, and some people are just blaming. but I say, it's like, what, what's the perspective of the person that's on the other side of the table? Where do they come from? So I've I've dealt with, so in my consulting business, I dealt with companies that were having a very difficult time connecting their teams because their teams were people from everywhere. And I'm like, have you explained to them the differences in culture? That why they are having the communication problems. And as simple as two hours, they're like, oh, this person talks like that, not because they're trying to be rude, but because of their culture. And that creates more compassion to the other, right? Um, so I think open dialogue in terms of that is more important you got the you built and all that Um, and so dealing with that cultural change because it feels wrong sometimes and I talk to some founders depending on their culture that's like it's very challenging for them to just speak up about the thing the amazing things that they've done and the second thing is connecting with people so More often than not, you get to networking events like, hi, my company does this, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, right? How many of those pictures have you heard? And it's just like, sometimes I will connect in a networking event, talking, if if we're in the West Coast, usually talking either about the weather or talking about a nice hike or something like that, right? Um, Or like if if someone came from another city, uh, connecting about different things that make people relax and rapport with you right you can talk about business but um in the end is i i like to ask more questions than i like to speak so mm-hmm. whenever i go to network it's like why did you get in this field in this first place like I, i'm genuinely curious about people and i think that's something that really helps me in terms of the networking part and you had a second question but i don't remember what it was
1: it was just basically like it was really about the kind of experience thing like like is it is it so obvious you know because it feels like for people who are looking for jobs like it's so obvious like it hits you in the face it seems to have gotten better in the in the the last few years looks like it has but it still crops up so just curious like for businesses do you still get do you get that same vibe like just like like an invisible wall just there holding you back
0: yeah they will say like oh who in canada um uses your software or which companies? Oh, but are they the Canadian part? Or like, is it the Canadian one? Or is it? Because we work international companies, right? So it's pretty obvious. Yeah.
1: That is interesting to hear. To so the point of like,
0: well, call me when you have a couple Canadian clients and we'll, we'll test your. Oh,
1: wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so... um. You mentioned something about and I wanna explore that. You talked about, you know, cultural cultural if um influence on how people approach businesses. I just want to talk a bit about that. Um, like what are your thoughts on you know, like how you said in my culture, yeah, we, we do brag a bit. But again also I think also there's just the balance between even if your culture is a has confidence when you move to a new place, then there's trying to adjust into it, all the norms of the new place and all that which literally hits you down in a way that you have to kind of start from the bottom again and then i'm not even as you you were talking i was not wondering for cultures where they don't even brag like how do they even handle all that like just moving across that confidence ladder to the point where you can now finally talk about what you do
0: so there is a couple of things. I want to start with one thing that I always use, even if I'm working with a new mentee or a company from another country and all that is the Hofstad analysis. The Hofstad analysis has five different, yeah, I forgot the name, but uh, different analysis that it does in terms of the country's culture. I just like to print that with saying that it's a very Westernized view of the countries because the way that they speak about countries, it's a Westernized view, but, um, When you look, I'm going to talk specifically about high context and low context cultures, right? Because, and individualism and collectivism. So when you look about about high context cultures, cultures, like Brazil, for example, we're not that high, but we're high enough. Um, When you go to business meetings, you bring a presentation and you talk about all the like, you know, the mission, the values and everything like that. If you try to do that in Canada, people are going to die of boredom. Like they don't want to hear that. They want to know what you're doing and why do I care. Right. Um, So when you talk about that, when you when you ask about like building confidence, I think that comes in a couple of ways. I think people need to be seen and it's not only their fault because I think that we, I love living in Canada. I, I don't want to leave. I find this country amazing, but I do think we sell it even for entrepreneurs. It's like, Oh, this is a Canadian dream. This is going to be amazing. It's super multicultural and everything is going to be great. And it's not how it works, right? You still have to adapt to a new country. And I think that a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways, people end up feeling that uh, bias that happens because you're immigrant. And that can add to bias regarding race, bias regarding a bunch of other things, right? So um, in the confidence aspect, what I always talk to my mentees is do one step at a time. So the first thing is remembering that even though not everyone in this country Thinks that your experience is valuable just because it was from Brazil or because he was from South Africa. Canada is not the center of the world. And North Americans tend to think that, right? So remembering that, yes, the work that you did in your home country was important and it was a big deal. And, um, not letting just because you don't have a canadian experience let that beat you down and i say that to entrepreneurs but i also say that to people that are looking for jobs and i know it's easier said than done because when you receive a bunch of no's right that's much more challenging um and i would say that finding people that are so one thing that i i strongly advise is for entrepreneurs to find people that are on similar stages as they are as entrepreneurs um you can have mentors and i do have a lot of mentors but people that you can just vent to like this happened to me or like i went to this meeting and this happened and that's what's so important about connecting with other immigrants as well because sometimes like my partner is canadian sometimes he doesn't really get what i'm trying to say about things that frustrate <laughs> me right for him it's just like uh, you know yeah. like it's just, he tries to be compassionate about it but he does sometimes doesn't understand so having people that are immigrants as well and have somewhat of the same experiences as you helps you being like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Like I am not the problem, right? Yeah. Um, I would say in terms of the last thing I would say about the confidence part is I like to work with understanding the culture and seeing, and I'm not saying just assimilating because I think assimilating is a dangerous thing where you might end up losing your own core self.
1: Gosh, I love that. And I will. Talk, I'll ask you what you said. But you have to finish.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. Oh, we should assimilate. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that Canada brings a lot of intru- a lot of immigrants for a reason, um, but also because people having different people that think in different ways is important, and it's important for technology. It's important for innovation. It's important for society. So people can have dialogue, right? What I say about this is. Take things with compassion. Uh, sometimes people will say things that for you sounds very wrong. And, um, and some people are just blaming. But I say, it's like, what what's the perspective of the person that's on the other side of the table? Where do they come from? So I've, I've dealt with, so in my consulting business, I dealt with companies that were having a very difficult time connecting their teams because their teams were people from everywhere. And I'm like, have you explained to them the differences in culture? that why they are having the communication problems. And as simple as two hours, they're like, oh, this person talks like that, not because they're trying to be rude, but because of their coach. And that creates more compassion to the other, right? Um, so I think open dialogue in terms of that is more important.
1: I like that. Like, I don't, I don't know where to start right now. Like, I, I think you've opened up a lot of parts in my head. But here, yeah, like the first one basically is just talking about what you said about assimilation you know you and just kind of extending on that unique viewpoints and how that shows up because then everyone says to you as an immigrant like when you come like oh yeah take in the culture you know just assimilate it all i'm like are you gonna lose yourself in the process like you, you there's, there's this thing there's this saying we have back home in nigeria you don't throw the baby with the bathwater, you throw it with the bathwater and you keep the baby you know And I feel like that's like a good way to think about this assimilation thing. Like, yeah, assimilate. Take as much as you can from the culture. But I feel like the most powerful thing of you being an immigrant is the ability to take something from that culture, take stuff from yours and merge it together and create something new, you know. And so I don't know if you have any thoughts, further thoughts on that. I mean, where I've said it all.
0: (laughs) No, I think that's it. Like, I think that um, there is the people say it's like, oh, you should just like take in the new culture. But I think we would all be much more boring as a society if everyone sounded the same and looked the same and talked the same, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that there is a lot of judgment still in terms of like, yeah, like you immigrate and it can be Canada or other place, but like you're just gonna assimilate. And I am not a proponent to that. I think uh, you could take in the culture and respect the cultural values of a new place at the same time as applying your own culture to it depending on the situation that you are of course because it's again it's easy for me to say in a position of privilege where i have my own company and i dictate what i do um well like there's immigrants to like or even like refugees that you just have to get whatever job they can get right so um that's that's just my 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 warning there just like but Mm -hmm. as much as you can not letting that uh persuade you away from your culture and your values because that's important too
1: yeah And then the other question, the other follow up question I had for you was so when you talk about the high context, low context cultures, um, how do you think it shows up? And if you think about your own personal life, your own personal experience immigrating, how do you think it shows up, not just in work, but in other parts of life in the process of trying to settle into a new country as an immigrant? Like, how do you think it should affect?
0: So there's a couple of things. One of the things that, it shows up and it's the high context, low context. I think collectivism and individualism also play Mm -hmm. a role because Canada, the US, those countries are very individualistic. And now I can talk from the perspective of, uh, I work with a lot of people from South America and I work with a lot of people from like um, Asia and uh, some countries in Africa. So like there's, um, I'm not talking about European immigrants here, basically. (laughs) Um, But I think that in terms of the a similar, like when you first get here, it can be very lonely. Um, I think that it, and then that depends on where you immigrate. Like if you immigrate somewhere like Toronto, you still have a lot of immigrants. People tend to be more open. But like when I moved to Victoria um, six years ago, almost six years ago in Victoria, BC, there wasn't a single immigrant in my building. Like I haven't, I didn't see a single, like, you know, so, It's hard to connect with people when you first start and coming from a culture, I can talk about my own experience where like, you know, you meet someone and they'll get your phone number and then like, you're gonna like go for a hike or something. Relationships here tend much longer to develop, even on the personal side. Um, I've heard from more immigrants and others like, I don't have any Canadian friends. It's so hard because like they were born and raised here. They have their own group of friends and they're fine with that brazilians we tend to be more open we have multiple types of friends and multiple groups and all that right so um it's a difference in culture that can be very lonely depending on where you move again if you're in toronto i'm not saying it's uh much easier but what i'm saying is you have more immigrants and that ends up like creating more connections for you um but it's just a different kind of relationship the other thing is like in terms of the collectivism and individualistic con- Uh, culture when you look at your personal side it's uh, a story because it's funny like I have a a Brazilian couple that lives uh on the same apartment complex as me and we became super good friends they're Brazilian I go there all the time to drink coffee and all that and when I was in Toronto for work my partner broke his clavicle and again my partner is Canadian right and I said I was like oh uh, my friend is coming to pick up the dog so you don't have to walk I was like what do you mean she's just coming to pick up the dog I was like yeah I asked her (laughs) to pick up the dog. So you don't have to take care of the dog, but like for him, those like, you know, me leaving a key mm-hmm. with her for her to watch her dog for a couple of, it's just like, it's harder for him to understand because we're much more, I don't want to say supportive, but we're like, I, I have a lot of Canadian friends as well, but I feel like my relationship with my friends from other cultures tend to be closer. Um, and there's a difference there in terms of the collectivism and individualism where like, you know, I know that if I have to call my, like my Brazilian friend call another Brazilian friend call me is like, Hey, can you help me move? I was like, yeah, right now. Yeah. For them, it has to have a little bit more, I was like, then two weeks. Right. Um, so I think those things are hard to navigate because sometimes people would say, let's say you start meeting someone like as a friend. And then they don't call you or they don't ask you for your numbers. Like, did I do something wrong? <laughs> like, is it me? Right. When it's just the way that they relate to people and it takes a while for them to warm up. Uh, so I think that part of relationships is challenging in business, but also in the personal life when you first move, especially if you don't move with family, because then you don't really have that support system at home. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see that happen. And I, I, I like how you put it, because. You know, one thing I've seen, or one thing I've heard people, a lot of people say on the interview when I talk to them, is basically that thing about people find that they are, they make more friends with immigrants than with Canadians. So you, the Canadians, are usually casual friends, or you know, but most of the friends I look at my circle, and most of the friends I have are mostly immigrants like almost all of them immigrants from different parts bosnia zambia nigeria like scattered over but they're mostly immigrants like i really have a canadian i don't think i have a canadian friend that i feel sad about that actually you know, <laughs> you know and you that thing you said about just calling up you know back in nigeria we used to make a joke back in nigeria people would just show up at your house like you just be just knock on the door and then you open it like hi hi how's it going yeah you know but here we now move here and then you're like you still like you want to go to your friend's house you're like "Hmm, maybe i should tell them i'm coming because like i mean we're in canada now and it's a different country a different culture and you don't know if the person has assimilated all that and he's like no why didn't you tell me you're coming because i had other things to do with my life yeah you know
0: it's funny you mention that because uh we for the first time that we hosted brazilian friends so canadians they get there on time and they leave like on time right and then my partner was like they never leave i was like no they don't they'll stay here they'll drink beer like you can go to sleep if you want they'll continue exactly. they, they'll keep going right you host you're like you're you know they might sleep on your sofa. like it's fine but it's that mm-hmm. difference in culture right
1: Yeah. So I I think we'll we'll, we'll round up now, but I want to just ask you a couple of questions, which is basically, when was the first time it hit you that you weren't home?
0: What was that? Sorry.
1: When was the first time it hit you that you weren't home? Like you're not home. You've moved out of your home country.
0: I think it was when I got to my Airbnb. Um, When I moved here, I I actually rented just a room in someone else's house. And I'm a much intro. I, I don't seem like it, but I'm very introverted. So like being someone else's house with them there and all their hosts and all that, like really hit me. It was like eesh. Like, you know, and um just like having not having credit score to rent an apartment and trying to find an apartment to rent, right? Like not like not being able to get a phone line, a, a postpaid phone line. I think those are things that it really hit me. It was like, Oh, okay, like this is this is different. And I had traveled much I've traveled a lot before then, but it's like, okay, this is my life now, like this is where I'm Creating my roots,
1: right? Yeah. Staying on that a bit, what are your thoughts on the fact that it feels like when people so people, you see, people say, Yeah, I travel, but it feels like traveling as a tourist and traveling to live in a country like are two different experiences. Like they they, they leave you with different feelings.
0: So even when I lived, I lived in New Zealand for a year, um, but I knew there was a time limit, right? Uh when I moved here, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I'm gonna live here. Like, and it feels different. It feel, everything feels different, right?
1: <laughs> you know, and I think the last question I have for you is basically what like what has been your most overwhelming moment so far, like in your journey, in Canada so far?
0: Overwhelming. I think it was um doing the pitch in person at Sass North in Ottawa. Um, it was just after the pandemic. I was doing all the pitches in, online to the closeness of my home. Um, and I had to pitch on stage twice because we ended up winning the pitch competition. Uh, so you pitch on the first day and then if you pass, you, you do the second time. But for me, it was like, I already spoke English, um, all that, but like speaking on a big stage with hundreds of people in front of me and sharing about my company, the like, you know, we were, no one knew us in Canada. I think that was very overwhelming in a good way. Um, and I received a lot of good feedback, but it was just a moment I was like, oh wow, look how far, like I, I didn't know anyone here. Right? And now I'm doing this. So like, look how far I've come. So I think that, that, that was an important moment for me.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Like, thank you so much. Like this has been really good talking to you, but especially the part about the business. Like, and thank you for the lessons you know, the part about networking. I mean, people, I think people know that, but we just kind of get caught up in the fact that we need to make money and then we just, you know, just hit, 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 you know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Thank you so much and thank you for coming on the pod. <laughs>